Reading in Church, a proud partner with Audible.com. Previously on Reading in Church and Other Distractions. Uh, I've had I had a major technology fail today. I'm hoping yeah. that's the only technology mm, fail we have. Yeah, giving it cut that out of the way. Yeah, so this this should work as the Calvinists fine. say. And well, uh, that's over with. <laughs> and I was able to catch last week's podcast not being two hours long. Yeah, so I was glad it. about that. You know, fresh set of ears. <laughs> that's why people have editors. <laughs> the la- the last 45 minutes of last week's podcast was silence, mm. uh, and mm. uh, on the downside. On the upside, it was then two hours long. So it was the full podcast <laughs> plus an additional 45 minutes yeah, of silence for, for those of you that, you know, want to meditate on what you've just heard in real time. But uh, but we decided to, to cut that. And so. we were actually sitting there for 45 minutes. <laughs> we just sat there staring <laughs> Normally we cut that. Awkward. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's part, of, part of our routine. Sure. Normally we edit that out. Of course, we just <laughs> stare at each other. And, mm, yeah, what mm, to think about. Mm, that's something wow. to think about. Welcome to... Reading in church and other distractions with Rob and Mike. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am Robert Wallace. I'm Michael McKeever. And we are at the 22nd Sunday after Pentecost. Yeah. And these are the readings for November 5th of 2017. There are not that many more Sundays after Pentecost. There there are not. We are fast approaching our our, our birthday. Our, I know. our anniversary I know. Is, is coming. Yeah. We will have done, what, I guess three more? And then. Is it three? I think so. Right. And then we will have. Reached a full year of doing this podcast, so who whoever imagined we'll win twenty dollars from all those people who bet against us. That's right, <laughs> that's right. I don't think they even knew we existed enough to bet against us. <laughs> they but, forgot. But uh, in in honor of our first birthday, if you would like to go to either uh, our site on Facebook, our page on Facebook, or uh, Twitter, I have pinned to the top of both of those pages a link to a survey that is hosted by uh, one of our measurement services, PodTrack. And if you would take some time and fill out that survey, that would be great. It's nice to know that there's anybody out there, I think would be the first thing, uh, and, and sort of what you think. We've already had a, a number of people respond just when I tweeted it out and liked it on Facebook. So that was... Measurement services may be lying nice. to us. We don't know if anyone's out there. We know, that's right. These measurement services might just be propping up our... Let's do that. Are, are, are you a robot thing where they have to click uh, road signs? To... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Let's winnow this down mm, further. No, I don't think we need to winnow it down any more than that. Might be, but no, it, it might would be... big be, amongst robots. We it would know. be great. Well, maybe, maybe. Uh, but it would be great if you would take some it's it's like a five minute survey. And, you know, if you don't want to fill out the demographic stuff, that's fine. I know they can get a little personal into <laughs> household incomes and such. That's that's cool. We're probably not yeah. big enough to worry about targeted marketing. I'm just going to no. just <laughs> not big on targets and so or aiming uh, <laughs> or staying on target, if it were. Uh, so please uh, take some time to do that while you're there. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and uh Take some time on that. Yeah. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Um, yeah, maybe give us some feedback on this idea. I'll just let Robert know about oh, it now. Oh, good. For year it's B. always good to spring just it Just throwing me. it out there. Just putting it out there. I'm not more yeah. idea guy. So maybe like thinking next year, uh, yeah. kind of ratchet up the gritty urban vibe and, and change the name to Urban Lectionary. Urban Lectionary? Urban, yeah. That actually sounds like it'd be a pretty cool podcast. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Doesn't sound like one we could pull. Doesn't off. sound like one that either one of the <laughs> you're, the two of us you're from play. Detroit, though. I am from Detroit, and the South Side of Detroit. That's that vibe so, you're getting, folks. Yeah, that's that gritty street vibe I give off. Um, but anyway, we need um, really lower voices. <laughs> the urban uh, this week we've got Joshua chapter three verses seven through seventeen uh, selections from Psalm one hundred seven. So not one of mine. Uh, one hundred seven one to seven, and then thirty three to thirty seven. 
And then 1 Thessalonians 2, 9 to 13. Boy, five verses all you can take in 1 Thessalonians. And then Matthew yeah. 23, 1 to 12. So fast approaching the uh, the discourse on the mount, um, the apocalyptic discourse. Yeah, I think this is this, this is the lead-in, I think. Yeah? Not everyone agrees that, but... Hey, this is our podcast. You you hold those radical opinions. I think what we need is a firm doctrinal stance on this. Yeah. Well, it gets well. He ratchets it up, but but they're not going to have that in the uh, in the lectionary. Oh, him ratcheting it up, talking about that. Okay. Bible. That would be. It's always good to have a Bible. Bible handy, but what did I do? Hmm. So we've got. um, There are plenty of Bibles in this room. I'm looking at several Bibles. You're finding a Bible that you want, a particular Bible, wooden stilted version. Oh, the New American (laughs) Standard. There we go. Uh, I did discover a, a new frustration I had today. Uh, in teaching the Bible, uh, I was teaching Isaiah chapter six, and in Isaiah chapter six, very common vision of Isaiah that uh, these uh, yeah. uh, holy, these divine creatures attending God mm-hmm. are uh, when you have more than one of them, they are seraphim. If you have one of them, they are seraph. But yeah. apparently, there are a number of English translations that have decided to translate transliterate the Hebrew for the singular and then add an English S on it to make it seraphs, <laughs> which is not a word that exists in any context. And I've complained about this for years to the students who, of course, don't care. They just, you know, pat me on my head and send me on my way. But I found a new, funnier way in which is handled it. The King James actually preserves seraphim and adds an S. So, so apparently the word wasn't plural enough it's a for the King James. Thing. It's seraphim. It's like all y'all. Yeah. All is. y'all seraphim. All y'all up. seraphims. <laughs> Got a, for the a, church play. <laughs> so anyway, that's a new a new frustration I have. But anyway, I'll, I'll get counseling and move forward hey, from there. So red letter day when you have a new frustration after teaching so long. That, well, I've got some of the old frustrations right yeah. now as well. Yeah, but, old, sometimes you don't see them through the old ones. But anywho, you ready to get? But to, enough about midterms. <laughs> yeah, I've I've had enough about midterms. That's for sure. Uh, would you like to look at Joshua yeah. chapter three? Yeah, that's exciting. Look at this, I was so ready two days ago, and we we were delayed in our podcast. So yes, yeah. you, I hope you practiced your place names. Muddle through. Your I did Israel not. Place names. I did not. You, you one of the suggestions oh, on, our, yes. on our uh, <laughs> one of, of the on the survey was maybe pick an easier Bible to read so that, <laughs> that Mike not, doesn't get doesn't they struggle. They didn't say it by name, but <laughs> we knew who they meant. <laughs> it, the translation is not the issue. Okay, good to know. <laughs> All right, Joshua 3, 7 through 17. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you, as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests to bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, Draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, By this you shall know that among you is the living God, who without fail will drive out from you before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Well done. This is a good translation. <laughs> and the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. The heap shall not be no. three nor no. two. The heap shall no, be one. No. It's just a single <laughs> heap. <laughs> when the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the ark of the covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of the harvest. 
So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap, far off at Adam. That works. Let's do that. The city that is besides Zarethan. That Adam. And not the other Adams yeah. you might be thinking yeah. of. Yeah. It's the one besides Zarethan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> While those flowing toward the sea of Arabah, the yep. Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel were crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to talk about? Anything? Uh, a, I, I, I like visualizing this. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of movies with the Red Sea, but I don't think I've seen one with this. And it's funny because the Red Sea, probably because the Red Sea gives you more flexibility. There is yeah. less detail in the Red Sea, right? Moses okay. struck out his hand, right. a wind blew, uh-huh. the water's parted. Yeah. Here you get how you're lining up. You get the people mm-hmm. who are carrying the ark. You get the you get all of this this detail. It takes two chapters to cross the sea in Joshua, or to cross okay. the the across the Jordan in Joshua. It's very, very detailed, Mm -hmm. a lot of information. um, And a lot of it sort of presented, it's almost like dramatically, like you don't even until, until the moment you need to know it is when you're told, like, for example, you don't know that the Jordan is flooding until almost the end of this story, right? That this is the flood season Mm -hmm. of the Jordan Mm -hmm. and it's right before they walk in. Oh, by the way, Jordan's flooding. Oh my God. It's this sense of almost drama as you get into all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we're trying to uh, pass on the authority that Moses had onto Joshua, uh, yeah. and God need to be, need to remind the people that as they were with, uh, as the Lord was with Moses, the Lord will be with Joshua, as He's the one who's carrying that over in. Um, you get a lot of Red Sea allusions here, um, not just the waters parting and piling up, but um, the spring with the uh, flooding of the Jordan. They mentioned Passover in chapter four. Um, which of course is connected to coming out, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. standing in the drywall. I mean, a lot of, a lot of this, the wind, okay. I mean, all of this, you know, you okay. get a lot of, um, prior to this, uh, just after this, just right. After just this. after this, okay. you get all, a lot of red sea oh, stuff. All right. These are the instructions. Right. These are the instructions. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so, um, God is in their midst. I think that's important because we don't, I mean, we, we jump over that, uh, so often, but when Joshua says in verse 10, uh, by this, you'll shall know that the, among you is the living God. I think that's, you know, we, we we take for granted God's portability, right? We take for granted oh, yeah. that God can be with us mm-hmm. anywhere. And for these people, that wasn't the case. Yeah. I mean, for these people, God was local. Gods were localized okay. within borders of countries and on mountains. And I mean, that's what I've yeah. commented about tabernacles so much mm-hmm. and how important that is. Mm-hmm. I think that's important again to note okay. here that the people are getting ready. You know, they were a ragtag band when they came out of Egypt and now we are organized and this is an army and they're getting ready to invade. And they're, I mean, so it's, it's, I think the illusions are also to provide some contrast to the way it's happening. Right. It, and before it was part the waters yeah. run across yeah, here. Yeah, it's yeah. all right, guys, yeah. here's okay. the, you oh, know, oh, okay. get them together. Here's how we're doing huh. it, how we're going in. I wouldn't have thought about that. I think that's a, I, I think that's an important part of this, you know, how we're going to do this as an organized manner, and we're together now, guys. the Ark of the Covenant, well, the Ark of the Covenant, it wasn't created yet, right? When they it crossed is, the they Red, have it at the this Red point. Sea. No, when they crossed the Red Sea, yeah, they didn't have it, that's issue. right. right. Yeah. So, so among the powers of the Ark of the Covenant, which I'm familiar with some from uh, Raiders. <laughs> the melting Nazis yeah, parts, it sure. can also do this with water. Yeah, too, yeah, it's a shame yeah. they didn't do that in the in the movie. That would have... I mean, they really didn't need the submarine then, right? They could have just <laughs> yeah. carried 
the arc, maybe. Maybe in the director's cut. Yeah, okay, maybe it's in wow. the director's cut. It, that extra 17 seconds changes everything. But anyway. I didn't uh, think about this. Yeah, this is different because of the arc. Yes, that's one thing. Yeah, that, that another example of God's presence is that arc as mm-hmm. well. You know, hmm. And the power that God gives them. Uh, Arabah um, is just um, the area uh, around the desert. Um, yeah. Yeah, that you get this by the Dead Sea. Um, at this, you know, if you've ever been to Israel, particularly if you get down toward where the Dead Sea is, um, most Middle Eastern countries don't use a lot of water. Israelis use water like Americans. I mean, yeah. they really use a lot of water. Right. And so many of the sources to the Jordan have been dammed upstream so that yeah. by the time you get down to right above the the Dead Sea, and I've been on the Jordanian side of this, it is maybe 12 feet across at mm-hmm. some points. I mean, you feel like a good run and go and less you could cross in, the Jordan. Less impressive. If that yeah, was it, far, far <laughs> less impressive. But at, at this time during the flooding season, so at the end of the, at the end of April, May, so at the end of a real rainy season, yeah. um, I mean, this could have been 50 to a hundred feet across. This yeah. could have been a, a really large, you know, mm-hmm. closer to the mighty Fox river as opposed yeah, to the, the uh, as opposed to the Creek near my papa's house in mm-hmm. Eastern Kentucky, which is, you know, Big Sandy was larger than the the Jordan River that I saw. For those yeah. of you listening in Kentucky and know where the Big Sandy is, um, that's a local reference there. But anyway, so and and also there's images of this in creation too. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. And I was thinking about that uh, as they're going in to occupy the land. If yeah. there's any connection between um, God creating an inhabitable space in creation and yeah. and the occupation. I would like there to be more. Um, I mean, I see the, the dry land and the waters. There's a ton of creation stuff in the crossing of the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. That, I think, yeah. the split, the word split there is the same word. The wind and the waters is the same yeah. word. Here, there are a number of connections to the Red Sea, but yeah. I don't see as many. Okay. Cre- so I mean, you still get dry sea. land. Yeah. You still get the waters coming up in a heap, but you don't get the... The word like division, like you do in okay. the in the other one. So I think there is creation stuff. I think he is creating a people, but I don't know that it's as explicitly creation as I'd want it to be. If yeah. that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's one of the yeah. That's the thing with illusion. It's it's one of the potential meanings. But right. When you test that out, it, it seems to be more referring to the Red Sea. Event. Right. So, right. And and now the Red Sea has that creation tied up into right. it. So would that illusion hold? But but. <sighs> Probably know. with now with with liberation included. Yeah, yeah. intertextuality is, is. You're the both, intertextual expert it, here. We were so. studying intertextuality last night in John, and it is just like, man, this is deep. Um, and the thing is, it's uh, you need to recognize the source, but then what does it mean? What's different about it in this new location? Mm-hmm. And so we're mm-hmm. talking about a couple of a couple of echoes here. You yeah. know, an echo yeah. of a uh, an illusion that was in something that's probably more prominent here and that's the crossing of the red sea right so, yeah right so there's virtual there's there's per, potential meaning but you got to test it out in the right yeah just like uh you know meanings of words make sense in context right. everything every words live in context it's yes the, all words live in context the, the, yeah the skin of their thought mm-hmm. the context yeah so so that's the story we're getting ready to set up and and as i looked ahead uh, I hope you've enjoyed our time in Joshua because the ending is next week. So, okay. yeah. So, yeah, he's, oh. as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord at the end. So, yes. <laughs> we're skipping. Uh, One thing led to another. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and then we and jump to the end. 
So, so nothing, I don't get to do my whole spiel on, you know, violence and yeah. Book of Joshua. I was going to ask you about that, but do you want me to do my spiel no. on violence? Well, and no, yeah, okay. I don't care. Maybe we can do. <laughs> you could. You could. Well, you know, it's you got I, an elevator version. I, I do have an elevator version. I think that one thing to remember is these books are coming together. These books, in particular, Joshua, Judges, uh-huh. Samuel, yeah. Kings, they're coming together in exile. Um, that's when the, I mean the stories themselves are older, of course, but they're being edited in a time mm-hmm. of exile. That's when yeah. crisis is what motivates people to save scripture, right? It's when you know before crisis, before exile, you could lose the book of Deuteronomy and nobody noticed. But yeah. uh, you know, yeah. finding of the right. scroll in Josh in yeah. Josiah's case, <laughs> they did. Um, but but in exile, like we really need to tell these stories. We need to preserve these stories. And so they have already suffered at the hands of the Babylonians mm-hmm. violently, who have themselves learned violence from the Assyrians. And and as they made sport of it, they made examples of people. And the lucky ones might be beheaded. The rest of them would be shamed. Their their skin would be peeled off. Yeah. They'd be put on sticks. They'd be they'd be shamed in any way horrible and imaginative. They would do it. Yeah. And so when God is talking here about uh, going into the land and putting people to the sword, that is an act when compared to the warfare of the world seems merciful. And, mm. and okay. I mean, I've said many times that God is Jesus, Jesus is God. And if, and if he's not culture is getting in the way, either our culture or their culture or both cultures are getting yeah. in the way of us seeing that. Yeah. And, and I think that from those who would have heard this story, a God who treats everyone mercifully um, and by by putting them to the sword again, it's hard for us to even hear that. Mm-hmm. But that that would have to that original audience seemed just as radical as okay. turn the other cheek. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, um, in that context. So. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still, hard, still relevant in in the New Testament. I mean, a, a Roman citizen would be executed with a sword, right? As opposed to the heinous all kinds of ways that the Romans right. learned all these things from right. these cultures and perfected them. To make you suffer and shame you and et cetera. My, uh, our, our history colleague likes to say that the, that the great uh, symbol of democracy was the guillotine uh, because now everyone can die like a king. Oh. Um, look, we've democratized it. Wow. Uh, execution. Wow. Everyone gets the chance to die oh. like a king. All right. Um, so <laughs> Yikes. It's like, wow. Yeah. That's a little dark, but Ooh. anywho. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is our, our run through wow. Joshua. Okay. Joshua, whose name, by the way, means salvation or redemption, and is in fact the Hebrew name that Jesus uh, is the same exact mm-hmm. name for Jesus. No, it's a popular name. That's pretty popular, yeah. Very we popular. name kids Joshua, but we don't name them Jesus in our culture. I, I wonder why that is. It's yeah. the same name. Yeah. Now, in you know, Latin cultures, you can have a Jesus, but but yeah. you don't get a... No. You don't get Jesuses in English. It's a thing. Yeah. So, okay. You don't know why? No. Okay, I don't know why don't. either. I just... I make a point of pointing out the names that aren't used frequently that... You know, we have students who are going to get married. Yeah. And uh, yeah, think about some of these. Onesimus hasn't been sure. used. Philemon, you know. Well, I, I do the same, actually. Share Joshub, Zerubbabel, Maharshal, Hashbaz. Yeah. These are all good biblical names. Cut your own. Blaze your own trail. Sure. Sure. Jerabakaya. <laughs> What's your kid's name? That's, that's, no one wanted to be a prophet's kid. It's, <laughs> this is really bad. Yeah. So. Right then, 107, selections from... Selections from Psalm 107. For decorative court season. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was last week. Psalm 107, 1 to 7, and 33 to 37. Yes. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. 
Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, those, who re- those he redeemed from trouble, and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to an inhabited town. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by the straightway until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry he fills with good things. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the wickedness of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry live, and they establish a town to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. I have to give points to the electionary because, yes, they have sewn two bits of this psalm together, mm-hmm. but have done it in a way that works. Yeah. I mean, you, you could almost yeah. hear that as a single psalm, even yeah. though those are separated by like 25 verses. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is our what, first... What's in between? <laughs> uh, some good little episodes, It, it reminds actually. me of... Uh, I, I, there's something like this where people go sailing and... And the waves get big, and they call upon the Lord, and He delivers. Them. That's is the that, same song. Is, is, is that that's in the, the middle? Psalm. Yeah, okay, that's in the middle. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Go, that's so. the middle. Yeah. Um, this uh, is the first book. It's uh, the first Psalm of Book Five. Um, so remember that we have talked about uh, Book Four as an exilic book, as the people in exile and coming back to understand right. God as mm-hmm. King and and Moses as the mediator, Sinaitic covenant instead of Davidic covenant, um, and. This psalm is strongly connected to that because the first verse here was the first verse in 106. Oh, give thanks to the Lord okay. for he's good. His steadfast right. love endures forever. Is, um, I mean, that's a connection between those two, those two, even across the books here. So, I mean, this is, I think, I think it's put here on purpose, uh, this psalm. Yeah. Uh, I, but I'm one who sees canonical redactive purpose in the putting together of this altar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love the... Uh, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Uh, those he redeemed from trouble is on the heels of the end of 106 when the people are saying, gather us from the nations, O God, uh, bring us together. Oh, oh, is, oh, so the, oh. The, I was wondering what that, they the came very, from the north and the south. Yeah, the very end of Psalm 106 is gather us from the nations, God, okay. that that uh, we can uh, praise you, give thanks, something like that. Give thanks to your mm-hmm. holy name, I think. And and so here in verse 2, I think we've moved forward, right? We're, we're yeah. in a time where... Okay. I think the people have probably gotten back into the land. Uh, book five gets edited together, the latest of all of the books. And uh, even at Qumran, the Psalter at Qumran, book five is completely different from our canonical book five. It looks like it's, I mean, the Psalms are completely, completely okay. random. And so the question is, that is right? yeah. So no one knows, does that mean that Qumran represents a different canon? Or does that mean that the canon wasn't set yeah. at that point? And there's hmm. no way really to know that. Oh. Um I don't, I don't know that anyway, but, uh, yeah, you get this, uh, this introduction of those who've been gathered one, two, and three, and then you get these little vignettes, uh, that one of them you alluded to that are missing. Mm -hmm. Um, let me find them here. Uh, some wandered in the desert wastes and we read that part. Some sat in darkness and gloom prisoners in ministry, misery and irons. And then some were sick through their sinful ways. And then some went down to the sea in ships. And yeah, uh, now yeah, that that right. is weird, actually, yeah, yeah. because Israel, they weren't sailors. They weren't sailors. No, <laughs> nobody was sailors. The ocean will kill you out there. Nobody was. a lot about the, the, the danger of the ocean. The, the Phoenicians. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The Phoenicians are cool. They'll sail. Mm-hmm. But not the not the Israelites. They don't they don't like to sail because, you know, Leviathan, the chaos monsters, right. the chaos waters are always salty waters. Yeah, it might, yeah. 
Yeah, it might be as as uh, as dumb as wandering off the path in the desert. Maybe exactly. That, maybe well, this isn't their experience. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The desert is uh, the same as it's it's sort of the chaos waters both in symbols land. of chaos. Yeah, they yeah. are absolutely yeah. uncreation. Um, in in Job, the Bahamut is the uh, the animal symbol of the, chaos. The land. Yeah, the land. The yeah. the, 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 the land chaos. Animal. In fact, Land so much chaos. so that when the Septuagint translates Bahamut, it translates it as Dragon. Uh, oh, okay. And so it's, there's the dragon, the Leviathan of the sea, and there's the dragon, huh. the Leviathan of the land, basically, for them. The, I'm, now I'm thinking about Revelation, the, the sea beast and the land beast. Are there sea beasts in there? Yeah. Oh, I wonder if there's a connection there's there. There's a dragon yeah. who conjures a sea beast, and then there's a land beast. So I hadn't wow. thought about it, actually, but yeah. So, so it's got all the got all the bases covered in terms of chaos. Yeah, I was going to say that's introducing yeah. all of those things yeah. there. Yeah, sea beast and land beast. Wow. Yeah, Revelation is a greatest hits. <laughs> it is. It is a greatest <laughs> Pretty hits. Pretty much. It is. Well, when you read it right, it's a greatest hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably one of the best treatments on it. It's called the climax of prophecy, and so it's all these streams and images and themes that are coming together in this pastiche. Who wrote of, the climax of prophecy? Uh, Richard Bauckham. Yeah, of course he did. Because yeah. no one does Revelation better right. than Richard Bauckham. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exceptional. That's neat. Well, yeah. now now you've got me thinking about that. Yeah, well. in Revelation. So, <laughs> you know, my nativity has a dragon. Yes, I yeah, do. So it's almost time to get it's it. It's almost out. dragon season. Yeah, it's almost dragon season. Because wow. Revelation, you know, we have Revelation, Revelation thirteen, the 13, 12, yeah, 12, 12, 12, 12 and thirteen. Yeah, yeah. this this yeah. that's the Christmas story in Revelation, and it should be honored, Mike. That's yes, why everyone's sh- nativity should have a dragon sh- in it. Should be church plays with. They that should, involved. and you can't tell me the dragon's not ready to eat the infant Christ in this world. I know no, for sure. Yeah, that's true. As Christmas season gets here, the dragon will be ready to steal the joy of Christmas. So, so the war of Christmas, not the war on. Christmas. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you have these little episodes where God saved the people in their ships, um, and saved the people who are in prison, and saved the people who are sinful. And then uh, at the end of this, you get the uh, redemptive character of God, his ability to turn, uh, bring rivers into the desert mm-hmm. um, or turn the rivers into desert, but satisfying the thirsty, bring springs from the ground, um, a fruitful land into a salty waste, but then also turning desert into pools of water and parched lands into springs. Mm-hmm. So this is a God who does everything and does is able to, to be redemptive in the way in which that uh, he handles this creation. He's able to take that chaos and bring fruitful order out of it. Seems like we've seen this movie. Yeah. Um, oh. I have a, um, a friend of mine who uh, published on this. Uh, he was also a Psalms guy. He, he and I had the same major professor and he was reading each of the books as connected to the five books of Torah, which is not okay. uncommon, mm-hmm. but instead of reading them uh, the way most read them as Genesis and book one and Exodus and book two, he read it as a chiasm. So he read book Psalm one connected to Deuteronomy. Oh, and excuse me, book yeah, book one connected to Deuteronomy, okay. book two to Numbers, book three oh, to chiasm. Leviticus, I see. book okay. four to Exodus, which of course resonated really well with my work, mm-hmm. and then book five to Genesis. And hmm. so he, in particular, Psalm one hundred seven, he wanted to highlight a lot of the creation imagery that you have, in, hmm. and there's a lot of creation imagery yeah. in one hundred seven. Sure. Uh, and he highlights that, you know, God's creative ability to take chaos and bring order, the desert waste becoming, you know, fruitful, the the scary uh, oceans being tamed, all of that stuff coming out. Okay. So when you said it's like you read, like you read the Pentateuch, I, I thought you were going to say you skip a lot. Like, no, like <laughs> yeah, well, that certainly was the lectionary's <laughs> position, wasn't it? You just, just skip uh, around. One thing led to another, and then Moses died. So oh, thanks. Yeah. Maybe we could have done Leviticus God and Numbers. Up Joshua, no, and he sorry. died. Sorry. <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Then Joshua, and then Joshua was dead. Yeah. We're moving on. We're moving on here. Got places to be. 
So, so yeah, so that's that's one hundred seven. And and have you thought about like uh, pairing this with this this reading of the land? Is this the intentionality mm. here? Is this this something about God bringing people into? <laughs> well, it's not an empty land, you know, like, well, you mean like, like a North America when we when the <laughs> right. pilgrims landed. Vast empty land oh, of North America. Here's no, an no. empty continent. No, the no. so oh, connecting this to yeah, the reading I, of yeah, Joshua three. About the, oh, uh, that's the an interesting idea. The yeah, from a lectionary perspective, entering into the land. Uh, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, well, the redeemed of the Lord, infer, right, coming out of Egypt, you know. and after wandering in the desert wastes and finding no town, God leads them by the straight way till they reach the inhabited town. Of course, is this the reading that's paired with this song? It is. Or is it, okay, it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the. And, uh, there, the are there still optional readings? There are still. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is the consecutive reading. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of sad we didn't do the other one because I do love the Micah 3 passage, but mm-hmm. um, I'm sure. We'll do that on the, we'll do our the fourth the, year of that, of urban, our podcast. Urban lectionary. Yeah, on, our, on the fourth year of our podcast, when we're okay. coming back through, yes. and we, we won't do okay. the consecutive. I'm we'll going to write the, that the down. optional. That's a teaser. <laughs> so yeah. we're back in year A again. Um, you can give us feedback. Their teasers are way too long. Way, way, way too, too advanced. Long, as you is know? their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Great. That's what I have to say about that. Fascinating. Fascinating. Reading in Church is proud to partner with Audible.com. For you, the listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player. Surely you can find something interesting in all of that. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash readinginchurch for your free audiobook. Go there today. You ready to move on to f- move on to First Thessalonians? Yeah, see if I remember what I read two All days ago. Five verses. There's just not a lot to take here. Yeah. First Thessalonians two nine to thirteen. You remember our labor and toil, brothers and sisters. We worked night and day so that we might not burden any of you while we proclaim to the proclaim to you the gospel of God. Well, that's not passive aggressive at all. You bring that up. Um, you are witnesses, and God also. How pure, upright, and blameless our conduct was toward you, believers. Wow. Um, I as, start emails emails that way. Yeah, that's what I do. Just sure, to think well, sure. About how to Who word doesn't? This. Yes. As you know, we dealt with each one of you like a father with his children. Okay, we've moved on to the masculine image mm-hmm, after the mm-hmm, feminine yeah, image of last yeah, week. Mm-hmm. Urging and encouraging you, pleading that you lead a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. We, are con- we also constantly give thanks to God for this, that when you receive the word of God that you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as what it really is, God's word, which is also at work in you believers. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of a paired with some of the exhortations we read um, mm-hmm. earlier, and evidently it's a common thing to have the uh, the trade off about um, nurture like a like a mother and uh, uh, what's Discipline. the phrase they dealt with you like we a dealt father. With, yeah, yeah, each one of you like a father with and encouraging. Oh, I see, urging and encouraging yeah, and you and pleading that you lead a life like a father. And I, I did a little quick concordance search, and there I did find some things where he it checks out. He does do that. <laughs> Uh, he said to, uh, let's see, he said to one church, I don't have the verses here. Do you think I'm made out of money? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
And the Galatians, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. Sure, okay? right. Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. These are so common. I mean, they're kind yeah. of in daily language mm-hmm. now. We don't realize that they're from Paul. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Philippians, don't spend a, don't don't go spending a lot on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, the Corinthians, seek the greater gifts, but we were grateful to have an orange at Christmas when, <laughs> when I was growing <laughs> Yeah. Cute. So they yeah. just kind of worked our way. Uh, yeah, these things yeah. are working their way into our normal. I got it. I got it. Discussion. Actually, you know, it's not. You're not far off in uh, Jeremiah chapter one. Uh, people always read that call of Jeremiah, but they don't keep going into it. And God is, you know, encouraging. I'll be with you. You'll lift. You'll break down. Mm-hmm. You'll tear up. You'll build up. You'll pluck up. You'll plant. And then God says to Jeremiah, "And don't you break before them, or I will break you before them." Ooh. <laughs> it's like, wow. Ah. Wow. Yikes. So it's that, uh, I give you something to cry about. Yeah, I'll give you something to cry about. Gonna, the wisdom. So it is wisdom, you know. It's as just, a father, I understand. I never understood that wisdom uh, <laughs> as a child. Sure. But now I understand. Sure, absolutely. absolutely. If someone's crying, I'll give you something to cry about. <laughs> so no, that's, that, uh, it, there actually are some very dad-sounding <laughs> verses dad. in some places. Things, <laughs> things dad-like apostles. So. <laughs> So. Yeah, so you get the whole range of his exhortation, and uh, um, and they need a- encouragement. I mean, I, well, as I've read more about the Thessalonians, um, they I went back. I think I thought I had read Acts seventeen. Maybe I was just recalling it from memory. But they they suffered. You know, we we're talking about the riots in Acts. Yeah. There's a riot in oh in yeah Thess- uh, Thessalonica or Thessalonica or Thessaloniki. Yeah, never, yeah. Nowadays, and. Um, the, one of the many riots in, in Acts. So these people hmm. suffered and, and, and they were picked on. And um, there was a, um, is he talking about leaving off idols here? Maybe, Not in this maybe part. Maybe I read too much. Okay, I was thinking about how they suffered because there was an imperial temple there, hmm. uh, I believe. And and when you leave off that lifestyle, right. it's like, uh, no, you got to be like the rest of us because this, this makes it good with Rome. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I might use this illustration when 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 Chicago was bidding for the Olympics, mm-hmm. and people were talking about it. Okay, let's all get it, get our act together. We got to get this. And then someone says, "Well, I'm not sure if that's good tax wise. Is that's going to, you know, right. that's well, economically that actually might not work out." But that person was crushed. Yeah, <laughs> it's like right. no, we we're all walking lockstep on this. Okay, yeah. so a lot of the persecution in the early church was spontaneous, kind of mob violence. Like you are messing things up for us. Yeah. Uh, especially if it's a, in a, a city with imperial worship, and uh, you stop going, doing the, in, stop being involved in that, and that's worked its way into the whole economy, the marketplace, all kinds of ramifications. So uh, they oh. were persecuted. It talks about them. Um, he talks about it in Thessal- Thessalonians about them being plundered. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably not just poetic language, and that got, went on for some time. They're suffering because you read about it. I think. Uh, in Second Corinthians, he talks about, and they're still experiencing that. So, like five mm. or six years later, wow. So these guys have gone through some stuff and are going to continue <laughs> after this. So um, he's encouraging. He's uh, he's giving. He gives thanks, and he gives thanks again. So there's a couple of thanksgivings here. So knowing more about the background and then the ongoing um, suffering and persecution that they experienced is. So you helps. are you assuming that this this persecution is coming? Like a local Roman issue, or a local Jewish issue, or a local business issue. This is probably <laughs> uh, the the uh, this, the first and the third. It's local. It's a local Roman thing, not not sponsored by Rome. There's no edict okay. persecuting Christians, 
but it's spontaneous. Like you guys are going to mess up the relationship with Rome because we know Rome when when some any chaos breaks out, they come in and and, and kill everyone. I'll and give you something. Figure to cry things about. out. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you something to cry about. Right. Yeah, being dead. The paterfamilia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how Rome deals with things. That's how they bring peace <laughs> to the world. You'll yeah. shut. They kill. They yeah. kill all the unpeaceful yeah. people. Yeah. That's how they, they bring they, peace. Rome creates a desert and calls it peace, as one of their historians said. Um, so, so it's, so it's kind of akin to the, say the, the Ephesian riot in acts, right? Where the people mm-hmm. were concerned that this message of Paul is going to hurt their business. Yeah. And then they couched that in some religious language. And then the guy calms it by saying, you know, we need to, we need to calm down because Rome will come in and yeah. they're going to deal with this. Okay. So it's, it's that kind of a, yeah, that's so, something you're always living under. So that's under a Rome. kind of riot that comes in 17 too, right? Uh, earlier than 19. So 19 yeah. is the Ephesian one. And then 22 is the Jewish, the Jerusalem riot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So it, it, these, this is, might be another one where it's like concern for the, the worship or idolatry from the Christian perspective, yeah. uh, it's ramifications. And that's probably true in revelation too. In the time of revelation, there's no edict from Rome, but okay. this is okay. spontaneous localized violence. Okay. And if you're someone like Laodicea, if you're flourishing and, and, uh, prospering, it's like, maybe you're, you're not even on anyone's radar. And why yeah. is that? <laughs> you know? I want to keep so, you, keep it keep it quiet. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. this this is a church that has suffered from early on. Wow. And, well, this uh, is yeah. this is a church that would be in the far northeastern corner mm-hmm. of Greece. Mm-hmm. So pretty close to Macedonia, I think yeah. so. And so relatively close to the travel. I mean, the route, the the main travel. I mean, you're entering Greece. You're probably coming in there. Um, yeah, pretty regularly. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I imagine a, that it's, it's a port city. I think. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. So and so, so economic. Yeah, they're going to be an important economic important. place. Yeah. If it has, if it has an imperial temple. Now, I thought I read something, but it's, now it's vague in my memory. But I, I think, I think that is one of the things that is a real catalyst for this sort of things. Like we're we're doing this is a nice way for us to solidify our relationship with Rome, and to have one of these temples and. Gotcha. Uh, and anyone who disturbs the peace, Rome comes in and, and deals very harshly with them. And that's, that's a situation in, uh, not too far away from this uh, in, in modern-day Turkey or uh, mm-hmm. Asia Minor for Revelation. So mm. a number of those cities had imperial temples. And you, you come in and, and you, you uh, withdraw from that, and uh, that has a, a political—they wouldn't make a distinction between politics— and and uh, religion and the economy. Of course. Okay. Yeah, all those right. things are tied together. Yeah. So you wow. mess with one, you're messing with them all. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just thinking as you're talking about all of this, um, you know, prophetic imagination, which I've talked about as one of those four books that changed my life, talks about that desire for status quo and that desire for financial benefit and and making sure everything seems together and making sure everything's at peace and every, and we're holding the line. And then the prophetic voice that comes in and disrupts that mm-hmm. and comes in and, and calls out people from their numbness and calls out people yeah. and challenges them and and how violently those invested in the status quo react against mm-hmm. that. And yeah. whether it is Solomon's, you know, or the later uh, kings of Judah's response to the prophets who are bad for business, right? I mean, they're just mm-hmm. bad for business. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to compromise our security. You're going to compromise our money. You're going to compromise all of this. And the prophet are like, I don't care. This is what God said. Yeah. And you just pay attention here, folks. And and God's tired of you making God look bad. You know, God's about the immigrant. God's about the people who can't take care of themselves. And you people are about yourselves. And God's tired of you wearing God's name and looking like that. Yeah. So 
And so it's very much that same fear in a way where you have, in this case, Rome trying to hold the Roman line um, or others trying to hold the Roman line. Mm -hmm. That's what they're invested in. Mm -hmm. And that Paul's message is the prophetic one that's disruptive in some way. And might call attention in an un- uncomfortable way that well, you don't yeah. want to do There's it. There's a lot of religiosity so. that turns out to be actually clinging to power. Right, right. Uh, well, that's what you were. we were talking this week about with the riot in 19 and 22 being financial and racial, mm-hmm. and the riot in 22 mm-hmm. being power and racial. Yeah. And that really, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah, and it, a subtext of idolatry, too. With the yeah. subtext of yeah, idolatry. Yeah, we're talking about the book of Acts. Acts, yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're ranging far. But let me, let me tie it back to Thessalonians here, uh, the language of kingdom. So urging and encouraging you and pleading oh, yeah. that you lead a life worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom, kingdom and glory. And glory. Oh. So this well, is that sounds some, like we're throwing heat right at Rome then, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, or they've, or they've already had you know, heat thrown at them, and, and, and maybe they're not participating. In so the, Paul's thrown back at Rome's head. Things. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're, you're identifying with another kingdom, another empire, wow. and another king. Uh, anyway, someone I saw I read something someone said today. If someone uh, if someone asks you how do you you know there's this uh, two kingdom uh, theology mm-hmm. that comes out of the Reformation. Mm-hmm. If someone asks you about how do you navigate two kingdom theology in this world, you you probably have one too many kingdoms and one too many kings. <laughs> like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah, well put. This yeah. guy, I believe this guy was an Anabaptist. <laughs> well, he sounds like an Anabaptist, a neo Anabaptist, because he was on Twitter. That uh, <laughs> that's right. He's not a, he's not out raising a barn. Yeah, he's right. doing no. something else. Yeah, I mean, first citizenship is kingdom of heaven at mm-hmm. this point, right? And, yeah, and second kingdom only works if it's not compromising first kingdom. That's Romans thirteen. Yeah, yeah, and this and these are people who've probably been deprived of the benefits of that kingdom as as the, as people have lashed out and plundered, literally so, plundered their goods. So then that would be Revelation thirteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's different. Yeah, that is you know, then and the mark of the beast in Revelation. Boy, this is wide ranging. Yeah, but it's 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 you can't. It, it has to do with false worship, but you can't participate in the marketplace. Yeah. So I mean, we wouldn't nor put those together. We'd say those are separate. It's like no, those aren't separate. Plus okay. the plus. The rituals around a, surrounding an imperial temple is so woven into the marketplace and the markets and and yeah. what all was involved. It's just just there's really no distinction. It's all all one thing. So so God is calling you into His own kingdom, yeah, and His own glory. Yeah, He's encouraging them in in, in the light of the backlash of this other kingdom already that they're experiencing, and and will continue to. Experience. You're suffering because of this other kingdom. You're suffering because mm-hmm. of this other citizenship. Yeah. And don't worry, your citizenship is yeah. okay. That's what happens to people in your kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and they might be premature about the arrival of that kingdom because it, one of the uh, possible backgrounds is that they've left off working, they've left off normal routines, and Paul. That might be, be why Paul is saying uh, our labor several and toil. times talking yeah. about the labor and toil. That's nice. He is one who always paid his own way and encouraged people. He will say in Thessalonians, it's one of the places I go to to talk about Paul the worker. Uh, I just lectured yesterday on this, on Paul, as I'm getting into the Pauline epistles in survey uh, of the New Testament. Um, a, an interesting way into Paul's head is to think about his day job. Why did he do his day job? Why yeah. was he a tent maker? Why did he always do that, even though he's working in a culture 
that looks down upon someone who works with their hands right. okay, in the Greco-Roman world. Not, not the, And that you have power and status if you have someone to, to pay for you. Right. I mean, that, that's yeah. cachet. Yes. That's actually, yeah. people should listen to you because right. someone else yeah. is paying for you Always to be listened to. Always caused him problems, but he continued to do it because, well, one, that's not the biblical view of work. Yeah. God's often depicted as a worker. Yeah. Um, God gets God's I, hands dirty in I Genesis 2. a, a too, very so. big book on that somewhere by Robert Banks. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he uh, he wants to avoid these uh, patron client misunderstanding of patron client relationships with strings attached. If someone gives you favor, but um, it also helped him to uh, go to a new town like Thess- Thessaloniki today, mm-hmm. Thessal- Thessalonica, Thessalonica, and plug in immediately and have a connection to probably the ethnic quarter right. and the and the guild. Yeah. So you're a new missionary and you are plugged in. You have immediate network to work through. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's a very effective means of of mission and one that we forgot for a while, but now we discovered that yeah. as more and more doors are closed to missionaries, uh, it's a it's more of a bivocational bi- yeah, bi- vocational missions, yeah. which is we call tent making. You know? Right. Because there are. Lots of countries, they don't want you to come. You know, if you, I'm just going to come and do my Christian thing. Like, but I'm an engineer and I'm an ESL teacher, and right. I'm a, you know, right, the, right, right. The doors will open for those folks. So, yeah, we were just talking That's about this yesterday. Really good point. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's he's invoking the fact that he labored not just to provide for himself, so that people would have enough to provide for others mm-hmm. as well. So, and and also, if if you're saying that because they're believing in this, you know, this imminent end mm-hmm. of the world. That some of them may have given up their work in yeah. light of that, and yeah. Paul's highlighting, you know, I I worked worked a yeah. lot, worked yeah. day and night, yeah, labor and toil. If you notice, I'm a big worker. I didn't. Yeah. I'm I'm following the same God you are. Uh-huh. I'm still at work. Right. So yeah. maybe you yeah. should remember. Yeah. If you want to look at the high value that Paul put on work, Thessalonians is a place to go. That's yep. really interesting. Yep. Yeah, it's one of those many places. He says. Hey, Take me, for instance. Yeah, <laughs> you want to boy, know this, I just this, can't even. This whole following Jesus thing, take me, for instance. Wow, that is amazing. In Thessalonians. Yeah. yeah, that's not a sentence that a lot of us are comfortable saying. Yeah, there's a lot of dadisms there. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I worked day and night, and when my eyes were closed, I wasn't sleeping. I was just resting my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dad. <laughs> Don't touch it. We get it. You ready to move on to Matthew? I think so. Let's Matthew find out. <laughs> 23, 1 to 12. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. And Moses said, I was just there. Um, Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it, but do not do as they do, for they do unlike not practice Paul. what they teach. Yeah, that would be unlike Paul. Mm-hmm. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, lay them on the shoulders of others, but they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds. I don't know why the Pharisees don't like him. <laughs> they do yeah. all their deeds <laughs> to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. Well, mm. who doesn't? Right. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, to be greeted with respect in the marketplace, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. Call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Yeah. Well, this is... 
not good. It gets a lot worse the oh, rest of the chapter. Darn. It really <laughs> ratchets up. You know, woe unto you, Pharisees. Oh, woe unto you is not a good sentence. Not a good beginning. No, that's yeah. not good. Yeah, the eight woes. There's eight woes. So he gathers them all together here. <laughs> it's, it's it's blistering. And, and then he gets into the apocalyptic discourse. So wow. he's warming up here. Well, just real quick. I don't know why we skip Deuteronomy 6 when for two weeks in a row we've had a reference to Deuteronomy 6. Um, the phylacteries okay. oh, are okay. uh, mm-hmm. bind them on your yeah. head. And I mean, these you take and you write portions of the law, Ten Commandments, so yeah, Deuteronomy sure. 6, and you write it really, really small and you put it in a tiny little box and you take a tiny little box uh, called a phylactery. Makes sense, yeah, right? And uh, the tefillim. <laughs> tie it to your forehead. And tie it to your forehead because that's what it's... You, Why wouldn't you do that? You literally <laughs> bind yourself to God's law. You bind yourself to Torah. That's the symbol here, right? And you put it on your gates and... You and bind... once you've literally done it, then you're probably done. Yeah, I'm sure that's it. That's all you need to do. It doesn't. It just needs to be a symbol. That's all yeah. it really needs to be. Um, as usual, if it's not an outward expression of an inward work, it's not good. But anyway, yeah, so that's a reference. I actually was going to buy a Tefillim, which is a... a uh, Tell me probably swipe it. An actual box. They like probably, your thing. probably would. But uh, I, was in, I was in Israel, and I was at Aziz, which is right around the corner from uh, Rami's Pizza in the Jewish Quarter. No, you don't know that one. Anyway. You were the original Rami's? Or yeah. the... <laughs> and so, yeah. Isn't this a scene from Elf? And so <laughs> I go in and I asked him, I said, uh, so do you have any tefillin? And, and this Aziz, oh, I have great tefillin for you. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking, it's beautiful, right? It's this little bitty box, and I don't know if it's oak or, t- or what it was, but it was put together, these leather straps. And I said, this is wonderful. I said, uh, how much is this? He said, $700. Uh-huh. I said, I can just describe it to him. Yeah, <laughs> That's I okay, know. thanks. And I, so, I was at the... Uh, at the metal detectors at the Western Wall, and yeah. and and I was seeing some of these hats, yeah. you know, that look like a big as a wagon wheel, right? And I go, gotta get me one of those hats before I go. And the guy in front of me turns around, those are three thousand dollars. Yeah, you probably don't need okay. one of those. Hats. I'll just describe them to yeah. someone. That's I got cool. a postcard. So I was looking online uh, to see if I could find, you know, like eBay, if they have some Teflim that've been prayed out, maybe or something, and, <laughs> yeah. and could use. And I found on Amazon. I found I these Amazon Fisher Price is my first phylactery. There's plastic Seriously. with plastic straps. I promise. From, it's not Fisher Price, but it is plastic. Tupperware. And to teach how to do it. And so I bring it up and I was like, this is amazing. These little plastic phylacteries, you can teach your kids how to use them. And then down at the bottom on Amazon, it said, order now for delivery by Easter. <laughs> I thought, you know, I don't know that anybody who's buying phylacteries needs it by Easter. I, maybe we need to work on our algorithms, Amazon, because I don't think I don't think that, that works. you're going to say choking hazard. No, well, it probably is, but but yeah. So that's what's happening. They're showing up. Their their boxes are big. They got big boxes. Big boxes. They're not writing it tiny. They're yeah. they're making big boxes on their head. Yeah, and their arms to show off how big they are. Well, and he's not saying you shouldn't do what they say, but they're not doing what they say. Yeah. Okay. And and they're not helping other people do what they say. And it's, how does he say, I mean, how do you, whatever they teach, follow it, but they do these impossible things on you. So what is, well, do the impossible things? It is, it, it is, he's definitely, this would be that dialogue with who's, who's really understanding Moses. And you get into that at the end. Uh, right. You know, it's, it's Jesus. It's the, Jesus Messiah. Well, that's, that's Messianic Matthew's whole point. Right? Of, of, yeah, his interpretation of, of the law. And they, they completely fail that. Uh, Jesus has already said, you know, what, what the heart of the law is. Right. And they're so far from that. So it's not—Moses is not the problem. It's these teachers. Okay. And Pharisees, although they were the looked up to by the people, they, they, they had this um, power and popularity, even though they were lay leaders. Yeah, there was a sort of the blue-collar Sadducees of the groups, yeah. were thought as, as uh, traitors and had gone over to Rome. 
And um, nevertheless, this is a small percentage of the population, and they really look down their nose at the yeah. at the you know, Amharats, the, the people you know, of the land. Yeah, the nice, nice use of Hebrew, by hoi the way. Poloi. There, that's literally gr- hoi that's poloi. Greek. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, yeah the, the people of the earth. These they really look down their nose. So their their interpretation of the law would be: uh, you got to keep the Sabbath, and uh, only certain people could do that according to their interpretation. It means you got to get up early on Friday. Mm-hmm. You got to mm-hmm. buy your food ahead of time and prepare it, and have a certain sort of kitchen, and know the sources. And it's like for the vast majority of people, that is There's not no an option. Yeah. That is not an option. So your interpretation of the law has has nothing to do with uh, humanity. You know, it's like, funny how Jesus would say the Sabbath is made for humans, right. not humans for the Sabbath. How in some ways Jewish history kind of repeats itself. I mean, the the beginnings of the Hasidic Judaism came for the very same reason that you had these. Um, European synagogues for whom the requirements of the law were so oppressive on the common Jewish person, mm-hmm. there was no way they could mm-hmm. ever come to that. And yeah. and the Hasids come along and say that, you know, that when God created the universe, it was the first time God had to make space. And so God, God had to withdraw into God's self to make space for the universe. But God left little bits of the divine in, <sighs> in that space. And you can find that in the way in which you, you can find it, God in sunset. You can find mm. God in baby's laugh. You okay. can find God. And they, they made... They made the, uh, the Yahweh more accessible because he was completely inaccessible. You know, you could yeah. find him putting a roof on a house, yeah. and the rabbi's like, "Oh no, you couldn't. You know, you have to follow the law in this way." And mm-hmm. then the seeds were like, "No, no, you can yeah. find God yep. all over the place if you're looking for him." Um, which mm-hmm. it's it's the same problem that you had here, where the requirements yeah. were such that there was no way that yeah. these common people are going to be able to follow the law. Yeah. Right. That is a common principle. You'll see if you say, "What is you know the thread of Jesus in?" in Interpretation of the law, where he's at at odds with Pharisaic interpretation, uh, it's you've you've eclipsed your abstract law as eclipsed the concrete human suffering. Yeah. It's blinded you to that. You you you, it's, you lack compassion. Uh, wow, it, that was a good sentence. You gotta say that sentence again. Your ab that one. Yeah, that <laughs> your, one. That was a good sentence. Your abstract uh, religious principles blind you to concrete human suffering. That's what. Well, that's good. That's I mean. That's something to go. Oh yeah, that's that's true in all these scenes, you know. Yeah. And you see, Jesus yeah. discerns, you know, what is God's intent behind the law, and and he withdraws and and discerns that discerns the meaning of scripture. He's he's you know he he's he starts with a temptation to mis misinterpret scripture, right? And one of them is self-aggrandizement. Yeah. You know, why don't you throw yourself off the temple and right show off? You know, three shows yeah, a week, matinee yeah, on Saturday, uh, people will listen. Not thinking that's what it's all about, <laughs> no, you know. Dang. Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, it's a, it is a culmination of what we've seen all the way through, and of course, Matthew's all about gathering things up that you find in other places in the other Gospels and making these longer sermons. So yeah. let's just put all the woes in this this one, <laughs> and then it almost feels like yeah, oh yeah, this does seem like the beginning of the apocalypse, you know? Yeah. Um, some people say because there's this long section before it gets to the apocalyptic discourse that it's not doesn't seem to be a piece with it, but I think uh, if you look at Luke, who's following this similar path, they're both following Mark, but they they have additional inf- sources. Um, they're just tying it to what follows mm-hmm. in a consistent fashion with what they're emphasizing. Mm-hmm. In uh, in Luke, it's more concise, and it's about the uh, grandiosity of those uh, scribes and uh, at the temple, and that it's juxtaposed with the woman putting the mite in the temple offering, mm-hmm. and the language of the adornment of the religious leadership is similar to the 
description of the adornment of the temple, which is paid for by widow's mites. And the, and the flow is going toward this gilded structure mm. as opposed to that offering is supposed to be for the poor. Yeah. The, this is this institution nice. is messed up. As are the nice. leaders, you know. Luke's often often um characterizing characters by their setting and there's this reciprocal relationship between people and the place they're in. So right. So at the early on you have they're these the people temple. who get it in the right. temple precincts. You have Simeon, it's Simeon like he clearly Simeon. gets it. It's a yeah. place of revelation. Right. And the revelation is this is going to go beyond the temple. Right. And Simeon gets it. And, but then there, there's also this other side of the temple. This is gilded, you know, majestic. It was a majestic building, maybe yeah. the most impressive at, at that time in the world. And uh, but but in Luke's take, it's like, no, this this is backward. This is messed up. And you know what? Not one stone's going to be left standing. So they're both they're both you mean getting. Math, this is Matthew, right? Uh, th- that's Luke is making that connection more okay. concisely, okay. and it's more focused on the the institution, right? As well as the leadership. Matthew is much more on the on the leaders, Leadership religious side. leaders, because okay. he's been he's been pounding them all the way through, and he's probably uh, engaging them on a daily basis as in the time of the church that he's writing to. Okay. So the church is encountering an oppositional Jewish leadership who claims they're the true right. people of God. Right. So it's more of a a personal thing. Whereas I think Luke's probably writing to people more distant from these institutions okay. and they're wondering, okay. how are we part of this story again? Gotcha. You know? So. Wow. Yeah, so, so, so I what think you're this telling is, me I think this is ratcheting up toward the apocalyptic discourse which follows. This is the and the and the and the and the judgment which has a dimension of the fulfillment in the in in the Jewish war. Right. Matthew's more focused on the leaderships like this hypocrisy. God's God's got to put an end to it, you know, so, rather than a blanket sort of condemnation of So the widow's might doesn't sound like it's we should give everything we have. It doesn't that sound like That is not the function of that in, the in in Luke. Not at all. Or and, Matthew? And, and and Matthew, does it show? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's I don't think it shows up in Matthew. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's here. So it's oh, okay. not connected to the this judgment, whereas it's crucial connection to one of the reasons this judgment is Got coming. You. you guys are taking the last penny from poor widows and gilding the temple. Ah. Yeah. So, but... Uh, he's so a lot of stewardship sermons just just took a yes, hit. Yes, they did. Yes, <laughs> they did. She's exemplary. She's exemplary, but everything else around her is not. Everything else is upside. Even in this, in the, even this upside down, messed up world, this woman's faith is exemplary, and her and her disposition toward money and her belongings. All right. Right. But the people who are benefiting from that, this the the structural institution, it, this is messed up. Okay. This is wow. messed up. So. Not just one thing. I mean, there's a good in it. There's good in the story. It's a bad story. Wow. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that is often used. Like, uh, it is. That's a stewardship Sunday. You certainly can't use that. It's harder to use that in Luke, and maybe you could a bit easier. I forget where else it shows up. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what about the stuff about rabbi and father and instructors? Because people call us teachers, you know? Yeah, I, know. I think oh, that's. Yeah. I think that is uh, the... Um, hyper-deferential sort of um, language of um, what's honorific terms okay. that that these people craved, right. you know, and it's like, no, he's cutting the legs off. You meant like someone that. getting an honorary doctor like insisting well, on being called doctor? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, if they crave that, you yeah. know, that okay. was probably okay. not a not a healthy thing, and that seems to be part of their the, the attitude of these, these false instructors here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, very focused on these particular people. 
who uh, Matthew's in debate with. Dialogue, friendly, friendly dialogue going on here. Well, I like like say, Jesus, friendly dialogue. Right, right. Well, I will say that that I have said for years that for students who I would go to church with, I said in church, if you would like to, you can call me Robert at church. Yeah, you know, it's now, hard for them. Yeah. It, it's well, yeah. it's impossible. Their tongue will snap. Actually, right off Actually, most roller. of my students observe this. They go, yeah. "Hey, hey, you, hey, 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 hey I'm not going to hey, be here. I'm not here. Hey, 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 I blew off your class. Did, it, did anything important happen? Anything happen in your class? I wasn't there. No. Now we just talked about well how much we missed you. Yeah, um, we waited. For <laughs> we just waited. I was sobbing in the corner, holding my knees, <laughs> um, rocking back and forth. But, <laughs> but I always do that. <laughs> but uh, that's just me. That's just me. But no, I, that that you know, in church, by all means, you can you know, we're that, for me, that's not a place of position and rank. Yeah. And, and that can, now here, yeah. it's an issue. It's different. Here, it's a it's matter an issue of crowd of control. Here. <laughs> exactly. That's true. <laughs> it's true. And and an issue of respect and all of that. But but in a, in a church context, no, I don't ever fight for oh. you know. No, I, I tell them after they graduate, it's not a life sentence. You don't, you don't right. have to. Call me that. Right, exactly. Well, you know, I was just coming back from California with a student who's graduated four years ago and we are ministering together and I'm still Dr. Wallace. So there's nothing yeah. I can do. Well, I've, I have some students in my Sunday school class currently and it's like they're trying to negotiate, yeah. negotiate yeah. this. Like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot call <laughs> I you a doctor do or professor. You know. And I know that's a, that's a great compliment to us when they do that. I get yeah. that. But yeah. anyway. Well, and I was wearing my PhD robe, so well, that sure. might have been well, that might have been the button. as much as I paid for them. I, you're Sending lucky I don't grocery shop in those PhD robes. <laughs> I want to get more use out of them. Doggone it! Don't wear them often um, enough. And I don't. I don't mean just my degree. I mean the robes themselves the robes. were so dang expensive. Yes, yes, <laughs> I know. I should wear them the, regularly. That's the last insult. Go bowling in them or something. Just to <laughs> we should we should all go bowling in our robes. <laughs> that would go over well. I think that'd be fun. So, is there anything we're missing? We talk about here. I'm sure. There's Is there anything lot. else that you want to well, talk about here? Well, um, we're going to skip over the the rest of 23. It, so the woes. Yeah. Okay. You might just keep reading for your own benefit, folks. Hypocrites. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, Inflammatory. Would that be the word? Wow. It's it's an indictment. It really is. Is this? I mean, when you read Matthew, you don't really have any problems understanding why Jesus got crucified, right? No, it's not, it's not a mystery no, in, in no. Matthew. Yeah. Why this, this happened. Like, I think I know why what happens in a couple of chapters happens. Yeah. yeah it's not this, there's back. no way this is going to go well. He's not pulling any punches. Yeah. No. Well, it, it's when you f- see the fullness of this prophetic message, right? Mm-hmm. We, it, that's it. We're done. I'm, you know, I'm not saying it out in the wilderness anymore. Now I'm standing in the, well, that's what I was telling the students with Amos, when Amos gives his sermon that Amaziah is so upset about, he's standing at the royal temple in Bethel. He mm-hmm. is on the steps. I mean, he's it's like standing on the steps of the yeah. Capitol building. There's something significant yeah. about that, you know, to be in that place, to say that Jesus is in the if temple. If you said this in Galilee, it wouldn't be as big a deal. But right. you do this at the You do this at, in Jerusalem, in the, in the temple. Yeah. Right. You can't, you can't expect this to go well. No. 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 Well, he's already cleansed the temple. and that, that He's not actually getting away with that. It's just a... A period of time before they can get him. So wow. Okay. Spoiler alert. But yeah, yeah. Well, we're not going to read all of that. <laughs> that joke online was, was said. Uh, hey, you know Jesus died for your sins. He died. I was reading that book. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Well, spoiler alert. That's where we're going here. Well, keep reading. Keep uh, reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. Well, it's it reminds me of these sermons. You know, uh, in Isaiah. You know, I just I'm sick. I'm sick of your worship. Right. It's a stench in my nostrils. Right. That's I'm where getting sick to my stomach of it. Well, yeah. and that's the thing that someone was at talking today about God, also in Isaiah, and that was about, well, you know, could God be destroying them for the sake of God's glory? And I said, well, yeah, I think so, as, as long as you're understanding that this is a, a patron-client culture, this is a honor-shame culture, and the people, the client reflects on the patron. 
And God is tired of these people who are wearing God's name, making God look bad. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes God yeah. angrier than God. And you're not going to get away with it that long. You can't, you don't get to mock yeah. God forever. Yeah. And so that's why the people outside find grace because they're not making God look bad. Mm-hmm. It's these people who say they are gods right. who are taking the money from the poor widow to, so yeah. that they can pump themselves up yeah. and adorn themselves and adorn this place and right. become idolatrous about these things. Yeah. That's that God doesn't have a whole lot of patience for that one. Mm-hmm. God's going to. The respond. tragedy is when we forget that this is an intra Jewish Oh yes, argument. Oh, absolutely. And everyone writing, and everyone in this argument is Jewish, and and so it has been used tragically. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh yes. Some of this language, particularly in Matthew, uh, when you get distance from it, read your own context into it. Um, very dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Without yeah. question. Without yeah. question. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks so much for listening this week. Hope you've had a good week. Um, coming up on our anniversary, please make sure and uh, go to our Facebook page or our Twitter account. Top of our page, you'll find that survey. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, leave a review on Apple Podcast. Have a great week. Enjoy this beautiful fall. Great week. Blessings. Blessings. Blessings.